Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Season 3 of Better Let Me Tell, tell You. you. I was watching, I fell through a YouTube rabbit hole. Oh, the worst. And I just want to say that Thalia was Lady Gaga before Lady Gaga was Lady Gaga. Mae West was Lady Gaga before Lady Gaga was Lady Gaga. I saw Thalia wearing, singing Amor a la Mexicana, and she was wearing (laughs) little, like, guitars on each boot. Oh, she was doing that forever. And she was wearing as a skirt, like, um, um, a sombrero. And then there's one where she's dressed as like Cleopatra. And then there's another one that she's dressed like a Mayan. And then there's the famous candlestick holders yes, yes. on each boob. And then the flat. Don't you remember when we saw her perform at Carnaval? She was wearing a, a, a skirt made out of CDs. Yeah. So she's like, she had all these like weird outfits. And I'm like, Talia was Lady Gaga before Lady Gaga was Lady Gaga. Yes. Like, give it up to Talia. Listen, little monsters, los talifans were there before. El mundo de cristal. El mundo de cristal. <laughs> Those kids. I love, I love, I love what you and me say that like before she came out with like Piet Morena and all those mm-hmm. songs. She was constantly on Siempre en Domingo. Like we right. remember her Flower Power yes, era. Yes, yes. But we don't know any songs from that At time. All. I only know Amarillo Azul. Maybe Sangre. That's all I know. And it's like, she was on Siempre en Domingo like every single week. Maybe she was just never busy on a Sunday. And I'm like, <laughs> what was she singing? Because like, and it's funny because like, Siempre en Domingo in the early 90s, because in Ecstasy's came out in 95. So yeah, mid 90s. So, right, right. But early 90s when she was there like every week. I remember all the other songs from the other people that sang on there. But for some reason, the Talia songs, no. It was great that Loco Mia would go there every week and sing the same song. It's like Loco Mia. <laughs> That's what they would sing. They were there like every other week and they just sang the same Loco song. Loco Mia. And people would go crazy, yeah, you know, over the same, same thing. Every week. Man, Loco Mia and Magneto. Magneto. 
Wela Wela. That was a great that song. That is a great song. No, really. Now I think of Tang. Thank you. So did I. <laughs> well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to episode 114 of Pero Let Me Tell You. Yes. Only Pero Let Me Tell You can give you a chronicle of Siempre en Domingo. <laughs> this is true. It's what we do. I miss Siempre en Domingo con Raul Velasco. Is he still alive? Or no, no, he no, passed. He passed away. Yeah. He left. He stopped doing Siempre en Domingo because he got sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. But man. Like, you know what I think was great about Siempre en Domingo was that that show ran for, I don't know, 30-some years. Yeah, yeah. And it had a different set each week. It did? It did. It never had the same set twice. Wow. They must have employed a lot of set designers. Yes. <laughs> well, you know that Mexicans are very good with set design. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. one of the reasons why they're... The novelas. novelas yeah. with Televisa and all that are such, like, huge productions. But they had a different set in Siempre en Domingo every, every single week. week. Which was, except for like the Acapulco series, you know, when they would do the Acapulco Well, because like, they were festivals. remote. Yes. They were remote. Exactly. Right, right, right. right. Exactly. But yeah, <laughs> Siempre en Domingo. We miss Siempre en Domingo. We do. We do. That's like, I always remember, and this is just talking off the top of our heads. <laughs> As we are wont to do. Remember how randomly we all saw Tecnocumbia. Tecnocumbia, <laughs> their premiere. Of the- how did you know I was going to say that? Because 30 years. We- <laughs> That's that's all I know because it was on a Sunday. Uh, yeah, and I remember the next day. I remember like Juana yeah. being like, "Oh, did you guys see the video?" And you were like, "Oh yeah, I saw the video." And I'm like, "I saw the video." And For it was really some, because it was at like three twelve, and it was on like a really Sunday. random that we were all watching Univision, Univision. which is channel twenty three for yeah. us. Which generally I would watch at night with my parents. On a Saturday at most. Like, like, like a most on a Saturday. Or Siempre en Domingo. Right. But this was like in the middle of the day. This was at like, I'm telling you, it was like at 3.13 And we saw the PM. world premiere of Tecnocumbia with Selena. Yeah. And we were all talking about it. It was great. It's like, how did this happen? It was great. I love that the world aligned that way. Uh, episode 114. Here yeah. we are. We're further away from our 100th episode. Yes, and... we're, we're getting further and further away. But that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have this party sooner than later. Damn it. But... So, speaking of party... I want to give a little quick shout out. Okay. Um, because if not, we're going to forget to do it later. <laughs> uh, so it's Pedo Friday. So everybody, happy Friday. But yes. if you guys could remember, next Thursday. So today is Friday. Thursday of next week. Okay. Um, if you are local, especially if you're in the Kendall area, pass by uh, Cuban Guys. Okay. Because Burger Beast is going to be there with his new Ooh. burger. Which one, At uh, the Kendall location? At the Kendall location. Okay. We'll put something up on... On our Instagram uh, okay. to remind Perfect. you guys. But he's going to be there on Thursday uh, with his new burger. It's a pimento burger. Oh, the one with the pimento cheese. Yes. I, what was it called? And it has like a white sauce. Yes, he, I saw he it. He was telling me about it today. I saw um, the name. I'm remembering the name of everything. Like you've got the W, you've got the Georgie Boy, but I don't remember that one. But it's one. good because not only are Burger Beast Burgers the best burgers, but you're helping out Cuban guys, you know, support local. Ooh, um, actually, I just ran out of uh, Beast Sauce today. Yeah, well, there you go. I, they well, they sell it at Cuban Guys. Yeah. Um, so you could help out um, Cuban Guys, support local and Burger Beast. Um, yeah. you know, two big local staples. So yes, yes. you know, absolutely, yeah. Oh, well, we have to pass by. Of course, we're gonna be clearly. Go we have to be there. So, so, uh, so we're gonna be there. So everybody pass yeah, by, pass so, by, and you know what? And yeah, we're on the same. Yeah, let's get all of the the housekeeping out of the way in the beginning. We're also still in June, so don't forget, guys. Any purchases made of our T-shirts on Pero Let Me Tell You Shop ten percent of your of your purchase goes towards uh, the NAACP. So you know, if you've been holding off on purchasing those shirts, now's the time. Your money's gonna go a little bit further. 
Awesome. So I know we've been talking about a lot of grim subjects in yes. the last couple of weeks because everything has been fucking grim. Right. Uh, <laughs> and we are going to talk about some heavy subjects this this uh, episode. But let's start off with some really, really amazing news with the Supreme Court decision. Two. Well, two, but let's two, start, as let's, a, I mean, let's start on, off with it, the first. Well, yes, two, as we record this on Fake Friday. Listen, Ruth has been busy. <laughs> Hi, Ruth. Ruth does more in a day than I do in a week. Ruth <laughs> needs to be put. Remember that hyper whatever hyperbaric of Michael Jackson that used to supposedly. Uh-huh. We need to put Ruth Bader Ginsburg in there. And do I'm you telling you, two for one, so we can put Betty White in. Too? Well, yes, of course. Okay. And I'm telling you, if hopefully, you know, <clears throat> knock wood, if um, when that November other comes. person, when if Joe Biden wins the presidency, like I think the day he's inaugurated, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we could write her a letter and be like, Ruth, thank you, America, she, thanks you. She may just turn into like. Like a gaseous spirit, and just be like, "I'm free," and just like you know, go off into the ether. So, um, you know, as many of you probably heard, this week the Supreme Court, in a landmark decision, because these are truly landmark decisions. Anything that goes up to the Supreme Court, yeah, yeah, but but some of them really have an effect on society, and true, like true, true, civil true. issues and civil rights. That's, That's um, why Anna Nicole Smith's case didn't get heard. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> they put, they, she took it up to the Supreme Court. She did to contest the will. She wanted it heard. <laughs> yeah, that's generally not right. A Supreme but... Court, anyway. So, in the landmark case, the Supreme Court um, ruled that sexual orientation and uh, sexual identity mm-hmm. are protected under Title Seven. So, let, let's talk a little civil bit rights, about baby. what that means. Happy Pride. Let's talk a little bit about that means. So, the Civil Rights Act was passed in 1964. What a lot of people kind of get wrong is they think that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was only to protect, uh, you know, people of color, you know, color, you know right, black, black African Americans. Right, right. But in reality, the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Uh, protects a broad you know uh, scope of people mm-hmm. from you know women uh to obviously african-americans the, the um, disabled as well or that was the american disabilities act oh, okay, okay. um so for a really long time obviously especially since society has shifted so much thankfully in the last few decades you know um in terms of equal protection uh sexual orientation was not on there and certainly gender identity was not even a thought so for a really long time this is something that you know we had been fighting for because at the end of the day in this country until this week you could get fired for being gay so if your boss and no matter transgender no matter no matter what level you were in whether you were working at mcdonald's or you were working at freaking amazon right right? um i don't think jeff bezos would well no because that's a company culture but i'm I'm doing that to make the distinction that it didn't matter what what type of job ironically it didn't discriminate right It no matter what job you had, if the reason you were being fired was because you were gay or transgender, if that was the sole reason why you were being fired, that was not unconstitutional. Right. And it's funny because I've talked to a lot of people um, about this this week, and they were like, "Really." Like, you could yeah. fire someone for being gay. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like, yes. I mean, the thing is that most people wouldn't have come out and said that was the reason, but that would have been the reason. Right. You know what I mean? Um, that, that's where people kind of forget. So, the Supreme Court ruled this week that that is unconstitutional. So, obviously... I want to go on the record, though, 
as saying, because, you know, here at Pero Let Me Tell You, we have our little crystal balls at time. <laughs> I think you had even said on, cam- on camera, on, on camera, on, on record, that those types of things will not change until it goes to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And it has. It has. So, because I've always said, kudos you could, to you. I've always said, you could be as racist and homophobic and knock yourself out. Bigot as you want. Not, like, listen, it's a free country. Hey, if you want to be a bigot, that's your problem. <laughs> that's on right? you, boo. Um, but as long as the law protects you, right. You know what? Fuck you. I'll right. see you in court. Right, right, right exactly. Yeah. Um, and now the law finally, finally protects. So, it doesn't stop there because this is only Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So this doesn't include things like housing, okay, and, and stuff like that. But obviously, but it the starts pre- the path. The precedent has been set because now, if you go up before a court and you can say, "Well, I've been discriminated against with regard to housing," and now you can point to this as the precedent, right? The precedent has been set. So you know these things legally take time because right. you know it's been it's up. been already five years to yeah, twenty fifteen um, since you know marriage equality has been the law of the land. Yeah. And if you recall, before the Supreme Court ruled on that, we were probably like a good 10, 15 years of different states yeah. um, legalizing one one, same-sex yeah. marriage. So unfortunately, the law <laughs> does take it's slow like molasses, but but I, you know, and I put this on my personal Instagram because I think that today, what happened this week, whether you're gay or not, it's something that you have to be proud of. And especially right now that there's so many things that we are not proud of, so many things that we mm-hmm. are upset about, so many injustices and so many awful things that are happening in our country right now. You know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm an optimist person and I always believe that sooner or later, sometimes it's later, <laughs> unfortunately, but sooner or later, we do the right thing and the law catches up and society catches up. And I think that among all the darkness going on right now with everything, this was like a little glimmer of hope of like, don't lose hope that sooner or later, and it sucks because when you're stuck in it, it's like misery almost, but sooner or later, the right thing happens. It's, It's a reminder that you are seen. And that you do matter to someone. Yes. Yes. And then the bonus <laughs> was that today, uh, they, you know, the whole DACA issue. Right. So basically, the Supreme Court ruled that and the, and the, the DACA the, thing is a little bit more. Comp- it's a little bit. DACA more, is the Dreamer Act. The Dreamer Act. Yes. So basically, what the Supreme Court said was that in the way the Trump administration, because the thing about Supreme Court cases mm-hmm. is that they're very they're very nuanced in technicality. Well, because it's about the legality. It's a legality. It's like sometimes Supreme Court cases get to the Supreme Court for reasons that it's not what you think it is. Right, right. Like the whole DACA thing. It's not because of DACA. It didn't get there because of the reason people think it got there. It got there because the issue on why the Supreme Court took the DACA issue, uh, the DACA matter, was in the way the Trump administration outlawed it. And right, it. it's not they're not they're not ruling on DACA. They're not ruling on DACA. They're just saying that the way that it was the Trump administration right. pulled it was unconstitutional. Right, right. So the Trump administration could go back now and go through the, pull the it steps in a different way. Right, right. 
pull it in a different way. But the way they pulled it was unconstitutional. Right. So, um, so yeah, those are two, you know, with everything going on, those I, I thought were two positive notes to start yeah, the, I mean, and, the show and, on. And I know that a lot of people will say, you know, it's great, but don't lose sight of, you know, the bigger picture. We can't just kind of say, well, we've got, you know, we've been given this and, and rest on our laurels. And I understand that. But, you know, similar to you, I, I sometimes do have that optimism that comes through. And you know what? I am gonna take the wins where I where I see. Of course, them. you got to take your victories where you where you, you know. Get them. I, you got to take a moment, even if it's for a day, to celebrate. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and to to appreciate the positivity and. and <laughs> so I was like, I was like, get like the irony that this gets passed on in June, in, which is Pride, Pride Month, yeah. the one year that you can't go out. Yeah, that we really can't <laughs> go out and celebrate. Thank you, Supreme Court, but damn you, Supreme Court, like. Ugh. Can't go out. No, damn you, Corona. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Corona, Corona, Corona. Listen, I'll take the no celebration that's true. over the, you know, passing of the Supreme Court. But just think, when we president. celebrate it, we'll be even yeah. bigger, right? But, um, be even bigger. but yeah, you know, th those were two positive steps. So what I found really interesting, so now we're going to get a little political. Okay, well, actually, can I acknowledge something before we before we move yes. any forward? Because today, uh, this Petal Friday, does land on June 19th. Oh, Yes. And so we are in the midst of, I don't think celebration is the right word, but uh, acknowledging for probably the first time ever in a very mass or, or you know, general population way, I don't even know how to describe it, um, Juneteenth. Yeah. Do you know what I think is really interesting about this year, Juneteenth, that um, I don't know about other businesses, mm -hmm. but a lot of banks are closing half the day. A lot of um, agencies. Like yeah. the media agency and the creative agency that I work with are both closing tomorrow. I don't recall any other time that this has happened. No, because I think that this year is when, you know, we are seeing a lot of movement with the Black Lives Matter and, you know, just a lot of recognition of social injustices. And so there's a there's a, a reckoning, if you will, mm -hmm. of we need to acknowledge, you know, really large parts of of black history in America, mm -hmm. wherever it exists. Now, for those of you who don't know what Juneteenth is, um, and I, admittedly, I knew what Juneteenth was, but only for like the last year or so. This would be the learn section exactly. of this and laughing. Exactly. Only for like the last year or so, because um, I have a friend and she lives in Jersey and she posted about it last year. And I was like, Dana, what what's Juneteenth? And I educated myself on it and whatever. Also, side note, Dana Singleton, one of the baddest bitches I know, she is a proud black pescatarian bodybuilder who's married to a white guy. So she don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. She is all about herself. And no, no box is suppressing. No, no, no box, box for her. Yeah, no box for her. Good She's for her. like, fuck this, you know? So I love me some Dana. So, um, pescatarian. Good for her. Yeah, no, she's all, all of it. All of it. I love her. You should sit right next to her. She's fabulous. Um, so Juneteenth, um, also known as, uh, Freedom Day, Jubilee Day and Liberation Day, is now I'm reading this from Wikipedia, so I don't think it's been updated, but it says an unofficial American holiday. And funny enough, it's an official Texas state holiday, which you know, Texas being Texas, it's interesting that this is an official holiday. Um, celebrated on the 19th of June in the United States to commemorate Union Army General Gordon Granger's reading of federal orders in the city of Galveston, Texas on June 19th, 1865, proclaiming that all slaves in Texas were now free. Now, keep in mind. The Emancipation Proclamation had happened about two and a half two years, years earlier, before, yeah. but we're talking about the 1800s. Yeah. You know, I mean, even the Pony Express had its limits. Yeah. 
So that was when essentially the last outpost of slavery. Right, because, you know, these, these are very. So the Reconstruction era of the United States, which mm-hmm. obviously is, you know, verbatim, the Reconstruction yeah. era. It, after it's in the, the name. Civil War um, is one of the most kind of complicated and misunderstood times of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So even after the Civil War was won um, and the Confederacy lost the Civil War, and even after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed and, and you know, pretty much put into effect, there was still an issue in the South. Uh, because there were still people who were like, no, right. like, yeah. no, 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 thank no. you. Slavery now, slavery I'd rather, forever. I'd rather not. Right. <laughs> so that was an issue. Right. So, right. So as you were saying, that was like the last, you know, outpost, outpost that yeah. was um, still dealing with slavery. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a proper acknowledgement. I, of it I agree. Because, you know. Uh, as Whoopi Goldberg says, and I agree with her um, 100%, black history is American history. Absolutely. This is not the history of another people of another country. This is yeah. American history. Yeah. And I think we lose sight of that. So, yeah. you know, th- th- let's, let's try to focus on a few positives. You yeah, know? listen, there's, you know, we, we've got these Supreme Court cases. We have recognition. And, and by extension of, you know, knowing of Juneteenth, you learn. You know, and you, you hopefully understand a little bit more about our country's so, history. So the reason I said I was going to get a little bit political was because you never, <laughs> never, uh, um, a with the Supreme Court case, especially about the Civil Rights Act. Um, what I found was really interesting was that the opinion, mm-hmm. uh, the ruling opinion, was written by Neil Gorsuch, who is a Trump appointee. Oh, he is. He sure is. I always forget that he appointed two. He appointed him and, and Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. I always right. remember Kavanaugh because remember, of the whole hearings. Remember that right when when Trump became president. Well, no, 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 no. That's right because um, Obama. Uh, uh, right, they, Scalia had died Scalia right had died, before, right. like right at the end of the Obama presidency. Obama, uh, Scalia had died, and Scalia died like unexpectedly. Yeah, and um, a, who did Obama nominate? Um, well, I don't. Remember. I can't remember who Obama nominated. Right. And the Republicans would not said confirmation hearings. They refused to. Right. Which, that's another story. I think Obama should have done, you know, F you, I'm putting him in the Supreme Court. But he didn't. Um, (laughs) They refused to hold confirmation hearings, which was technically unconstitutional. Because the the Constitution does state that the President of the United States... At that time. At at the time of what is happening, right. When there's a Supreme Court vacancy... Um, you know, has the power has dominates to dominates right. the the justice. So, and they refuse to hold it. But that's a conversation for another day. So, yeah, Neil Gorsuch was Trump appointed him right at the beginning of his uh, presidency. So he is a Trump appointee. But I remember you saying that you, even with being a Trump appointee, I I feel and correct me if I'm wrong that you had said that you were optimistic about his appointment because he seemed to be one of these people who. Interpreted things so, to the to the spirit. So of... I to the large point, and maybe it's yeah. I'm talking. Studied, I'm talking grand picture because I studied law. I believe that when you are at that level, mm-hmm. you're somebody who really. I mean, because we're talking about a Supreme Court justice nominee, right? You know, that is somebody who's reached the pinnacle 
of jurisprudence. Yeah, that's the pinnacle. The, that is the top of the of the career food ladder. Yes. Yeah. You you've reached the pinnacle, the enlightened area, yeah. area of you're, jurisprudence. You're the Dalai Lama. And I believe that people that are at that stage mm. don't see this as a conservative, you know, liberal way or like a Republican. They're looking at know, the interpretation. They they look at the interpretation now. Different people may have different opinions, but I don't believe that justices, on the most part, are, make, are doing a political make political opinions. Okay, and so that's why a lot of times, like for example, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, Justice Roberts, Justice Roberts was in the majority opinion for both of these cases. Yeah, and Justice Roberts was a Bush appointee. So you right. could say that he's a conservative judge, right? Right. Neil Gorsuch, you could say, was an appointed um, was a conservative, conservative judge, right. and yet they were in the majority opinion in both the right. the civil rights case and mm -hmm. the DACA case. Right. So that is why I believe that these people, when they get to that point, it's far beyond politics. Mm -hmm. Now. We are the ones who make it political, you know, the, right, right. In, in terms of nominations, because this is just, I'm a Supreme Court nerd. Um, I absolutely love reading Supreme Court decisions. Surprising. No one who listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I always, even when I was in law school, I would read the dissents first. I just love reading dissents. I okay. Love, I love no, it. No, but you know what? That tracks with your personality. And <laughs> even in, in the civil rights case, Brett Kavanaugh wrote a hell of a, of a dissent. Because he said the, it, for this, for, for, this, for this, he said that he a hundred percent agreed with the progress mm -hmm. of you know the LGBT you know community, community and plight and all that, and that he thought his personal opinion was that um, obviously he didn't support that right. people can be fired for those reasons. He didn't vote in the majority for technical reasons. He thought that this should been have been something that Congress should have done. He thought okay, that so he dissented for a he dissented, good reason, quote he unquote? He dissented on legislation. But I I thought it was telling mm -hmm. that in his dissent, he specifically stated that he congratulated the LGBT community for this and that this was the right path of America. So in other words... So, it, so the reason I say that is... Kind of what we're is, saying, he was interpretive of the law. The, not, right. He, he didn't vote in the majority for technical reasons. The reason why I bring that up is mm. because, again, people want to politicize this. Right. And there's so many people who who think that these judges are or these justices, oh, uh, he's a conservative. He will never vote for gay marriage. He will never right. vote for that. Right. Well, guess what, you know, <laughs> uh, Karen? <laughs> guess what, Karen? Politeness week is over. Politeness week is over. He did. So now I'm going to deal with it, Karen. <laughs> So now you can you can't yeah. fire you can't go to the manager and tell and tell them that tell you them know to fire the gay guy the gay guy who's over there at the Mac counter yeah so right. you know what screw you Karen fair enough fair enough but that's actually also I think a little bit more telling about and no surprise to either of us you know people see the decision they see who voted which way and that's it. Right. They don't read, and I'm not going to read a dissent. I'm the first one. I'm not going to read a dissent, right. but they won't read a dissent and see that it's like because they'll they will come around and be like, "See, Kavanaugh believes gays are are evil." Right. Not what he said. Right. Right. Not what he said. I, no, I've just I've always liked to read dissents because um, I just I, I like to see what their mindset is. Did they dissent? For technical reasons, which many times they do, mm -hmm. because getting to the Supreme Court is very complicated. There's a reason they only hear like, you know, four it, cases a year. It's very complicated. Yeah. And as I said, a lot of times 
cases don't get this to the Supreme Court for the reason you think they right, do. Right. Um, because even the this case, mm -hmm. people think it's like, oh, this is like, a, oh, yay. They, you know, they wanted to vote, prog you know, progressive. Right, right. It is and it isn't about that. It's right. really about the Civil Acts right of 1964. And how to that, interpret it. Right? Yeah. And, 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 right, interpreting that. Because their argument was that in 1964, when they wrote this, they possibly could have not been thinking of sexual orientation at that time. Right. But much less transgender. But sh exactly. <laughs> but shouldn't they, in the spirit of that, right. In now include. include that? Yeah. So that's that's an, you know that's what the argument is. So, but you know, progress. So, so yeah. Well, now moving from um, <laughs> actually no, let's have a little fun tidbit. All right, bring so, it. Bring the fun. So I think we jokingly said here a couple of weeks ago or whenever, that there was kind of like a funny petition going around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did we mention? No. We mentioned about, yes, the petition for to replace with Dolly Parton. Yes. Dolly Parton okay. statue. So yes. I guess like as a shits and giggles type thing, there's somebody who online posted a petition for Brit for because right now you know we're having the argument about Confederate right, monuments, right, which right. we've talked about here in, on the podcast, and you know Louisiana has a lot of Confederate monuments. Yeah. So there was a petition that somebody, as a joke, put online to replace all the monument, <laughs> all the monument monuments? Confederate monuments with Britney like statues of Britney Spears. Funny enough, I have not signed it. As I sit here wearing my Britney Spears tank top. We have and, not signed it. And we have not signed it. And apparently the petitioner received so many votes that now it's eligible to be brought up to the legislature of Louisiana. I'm so Because excited. if something of a petition it has to be acknowledged. receives right. a certain amount of votes, you could actually put it up for motion or to be heard. Right. I think this is amazing. I think they should do it. It's like from we went from racist Confederate traitor Robert E. Lee to Britney Britney with Spears. a snake. Britney Jean Spears. Britney Jean Spears. Well, you and I both agree that in front yes. of the Capitol building, it should be Britney from the two thousand one VMAs with mm -hmm. the snake. Yes, absolutely. So slave for you, Britney. Absolutely slave for you. Oh, oh, didn't even think about it. Full circle, baby. Oh, oh my god, this has to happen now. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Like I'm, I'm gonna slave you, Robert I'm like E. Lee. Stupid excited right now about this potentially I'm happening. I'm stepping all over you with my <laughs> snake. Snake. Slave for you. This slave for you. <laughs> So then in front of like, I don't know, some type of civic arena, we want Oops Britney. Yeah, uh, yeah, because with Oops Britney, you know, she's with the red cat suit and she's doing that thing with where in front of the heart. I like played with, with your heart. Right. You know, because it's a civic. It's about the community. It's about the heart and coming together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. You know, I like this I like this. Um, baby has to be somewhere like the oh, school girl outfit. But oh, I don't you, know where. You know, you know what? In like a. a like some type of that marina. Would, actually, you know what? I want the baby, the, the schoolgirl outfit, but that could be controversial too, right? Because people will be like, it's the schoolgirl thing. It's kind of fetishy. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. We, we, In like some type of pure marina, we could have sometimes Britney. Oh my God. Can we have her looking with um, the that, heart? The, the binocular the thing. Binocular, the binocular oh, thing. Oh, yes. She's like over the yes. binocular looking yes. into the distance. Yes. Yes. Okay. So okay. I think I, I think you and I should be on the panel. We need to be on the committee. <laughs> we need to be on the committee. We need to be on the committee. We're not from Louisiana. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You know what? Because Brittany is about everyone. <laughs> Brittany, what it is right now. Brittany is about everyone. And I know that Stephanie from Mamas and Merlot <laughs> would totally agree with this. <laughs> Stephanie, I know you're listening. And I know that you would agree with this. I think it's amazing. Can you imagine if that passes? 
You know what? I don't want to get too excited about this. Especially like because I would do like a weekend. Especially trip. like replacing a Confederate statue because it's such an extreme. Yes, it's like from Robert E. Lee to Britney Spears. Yeah. It's not like you're replacing, you know, a statue of like I don't know who's from Louisiana. Like what other celebrities from Louisiana? I can't even think right now. Ellen. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's not like you know you're replacing an Ellen statue with Britney, right? right. Like you know, no, it's no, it's like. Robert E. Like, Lee, legit Confederate, you know, racist, <laughs> um, traitor to Britney Jean Spears. <laughs> Can you imagine her going to all like the like dedication ceremonies? Y'all, oh my God, you guys, y'all, y'all, I'm really honored. Like, I mean, you know, I'm just a country girl from Louisiana, y'all, and like, I mean, it's a statue. <laughs> y'all need a statue of me, like. And then I can see her doing, like, that little pasarela thing that she does on Instagram in front of the statue. <laughs> that is freaking amazing. Amazing. You know, American dreams. Those <laughs> Dreams come true, people. Dreams come true. American dreams come true. Dreams. That's what America's all about. That is what America's mm-hmm. all about. That's what... We knock, Ta- down, we knock down the oppressor to you put can... up the entertainer. Because you... there's two types of people in this world. <laughs> How you like that, sir? The ones that entertain and the ones that observe. Yes. Yes. And now we're going to go observe yes, the, the entertainer. entertainer. Full circle. Full circle. Whoa, whoa, oh whoa, God, I'm whoa, so excited. whoa, whoa. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. In front of the airport, we can put her toxic in the little flight, flight attendant. Of course. <laughs> My God, no. We need to stop. We need to move on. We need to move on because I'm gonna start like yeah, t- till this day. Whenever I listen to Toxic, when it the, when the song ends, I go ding. Yeah, <laughs> the little the, 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 the flight attendant the video bell. Version. Yeah. So okay, okay. Let's let's bring it down. Oh. Bring it down a notch. That got us. That's just too much excitement for me right now. I'm not gonna sleep. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna like I'm gonna draft one. all of I them. I hadn't thought about the airport one. Yeah. You know why? Because when I think of the video of Toxic. I think of the last outfit, the one where she's like climbing up the building, the red, ha- the red hair with the yeah, with, with the like wings, the wing, yeah, or the cape or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think of her, but See, but but really, the the air the airline one is more iconic. I think it is. It's between the airline one and then the the bodysuit thing that she. Wears. I've always thought that sh- that plane she's on is the same plane Jennifer Lopez was on in Play. No, because the Jennifer Lopez play plane is way more spacious. That is true. Well, I always maybe- think that Britney's on a virgin flight. <laughs> because have you ever, have you ever flown virgin? I have. Okay, you know how the lighting, yes, the, the purple like lighting, fluorescent, yeah. right? So to me, it's like she's on a she's a flight attendant on a virgin airways. <laughs> and virgins' outfits are a little more, right, you know, they're a little, they're a little more trendy, you know. Oh well, yeah, yeah, Jennifer Lopez airplane and play. <laughs> so okay, so <laughs> Jennifer Lopez has a song "Play," which is like really underrated. It's like yeah, one of her was, best. That songs was the second single, right, from, from J Lo. And in the video, she's on an airplane, and it's all CGI. But like this airplane has it's like a warehouse, tremendo club. Like, no, no, it's a warehouse. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a warehouse. Like, like coño. Like, I just hope they don't fall like hit turbulence. This was before Airbus <laughs> released the A380, so it's like coño. Like, <laughs> how far in the future is this plane? It's like a yeah, like a warehouse multi-level club that looks like something from Ibiza, and it's on the airplane on Jennifer Lopez. 
or Britney Spears. So we've lost control. We've here. lost. Okay, absolute let's bring it down control. a notch. Let's bring it down a notch. Let's bring it down a notch. We've okay, lost okay. the thread. Okay, let's 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 shift. Let's, let's shift. shift. Let's shift. So actually, no, we're we're gonna talk about a more serious subject now. Um, <clears throat> as we always do, we, you know, Britney's always our gateway to more serious right. things. So. Um, there's a video I wanted you to watch, which yes, you which did, did before we started recording, that has gone viral. It went viral today. Okay. So I imagine today I'm Fake Friday. Uh, by the time Beto Friday comes out, um, most of you, maybe many of you, who have seen it. So in the video, um, so what did you see in the video? Okay. So based on what I saw, it appeared to be at a Walmart. Actually, it appeared to be no. I could tell because of the the low prices sign. It was a Walmart. Um. It starts from the the vantage of I saw. It starts with like this commotion, and you can see this lady. She's speaking Spanish, you know, ayuding or help or whatever. And then there's like a little kid who oddly doesn't run away. He kind of goes towards it, but that's a conversation for later. And there appears to be a secure, for lack of a better, because I can't figure out what exactly he is, but I'm going to say some type of security, security guard or cop or cop whatever. or some type of enforcement person. Okay. Um. Like tack not tackling, but like the there's a there. I guess it's her husband is on the floor, and he's attempting to subdue, or arrest, or somehow contain the the guy, and the guy keeps trying to like get up or get away or what have you. And the other guy who, sorry, so the law enforcement guy is, or the security guard is black, and then the person being attacked is Hispanic, you know, white Hispanic. <laughs> And throughout it all, all we see is, you know, the lady saying, like, help, help, you know, are you there? Or, like, you know, but I couldn't tell what led to that altercation. Okay, so <clears throat> that's that's where I come you, from. And you don't, you don't know any other thing from the video. That's literally like, okay, the so only I'm going to fill you in now. The reason I wanted to talk about this video is because of perspective and context. Okay. Right. Um, <clears throat> so that video, I saw that video for the first time this morning because, I mean, we're Cuban. And mm -hmm. a lot of the people that we follow and follow us um, are Cuban. So whether it's my personal feed right. or even our Pero Let Me Tell You feed, you know, we have a good chunk of Cubans. And because we're Cuban, we could talk about our people. <laughs> so let's have at it. So let's have at it. So um, <clears throat> so I had seen it already on Instagram because mm -hmm. it's going viral. And then earlier today, I was at my parents' house and it was in the news slash propaganda stuff that my father watches <laughs> that is, you know, buy, buy Cubans. For Cubans? For, uh, buy older Cubans for older <laughs> Cubans, Cubans yeah. you know, um, that nonsense. Right. So, and kind of Quarantino and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lo local station. Correct. Local station. So, the video is about a, so the guy, uh, the white guy is Cuban. Oh, he's Cuban? And it's in Jacksonville. Okay. Okay. So apparently they were Mexican for some reason. He was Cuban. Okay. The, I think the 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 wife is Colombian, but whatever. That's why because I only hear her right. and so, she's Latin American. So okay. he is Cuban, and this happened in Jacksonville. Okay. And um, in, apparently the store was closing, Walmart was closing, and he allegedly out of a language barrier, the Cuban guy, the Cuban guy did not know that the store was closing. Okay, fine. An employee came and told him the store is closing. He alleged that due to the language barrier, he did not understand the employee. Fine. The point was that the store was closing and he refused to leave. Okay. After several employees told him, Hey, the store is closing, uh -huh. but apparently he didn't understand that closed. And especially they start turning lights at off some point. Right, right, right. It's closed, closing. <laughs> But let's give him that. All right. 
So apparently, you know, the, the, so the guy that he had the issue with, he is a police officer, but he was working like moonlighting at okay, so Walmart. As, as many police so officers I'm do. So I'm not sure if he was there in the capacity of a security guard or well, of an officer. Well, a lot of times when you go to a Walmart, there are police cars parked outside. Right. So, so I'm not so, sure in what capacity right. he was in. So the situation happens. And as you saw, they were in a scuffle. The Cuban what led guy, to the scuffle? I, th I think that's my, my, my main question. Is, there was a back and forth, and the guy didn't want to leave. He did not want to So leave. he attempted to escort him out, shall we say? Apparently, okay. and that's when okay. things got heated. heated. They went from heated to worse. They escalated and further escalated, and before okay. you knew it, the officer was on top of the guy. Okay. The guy was resisting, mm -hmm. and you saw that in the yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to get up, which, right. in, which in legal parlance is resisting. Right. He was resisting. Mm -hmm. Let's not... Call it for something different than it was. Right. He was resisting. There's a range of resistance, you know. Right, right, right. right. But he was resisting. Right. He was like, okay, officer, hands behind my back, you right. know. Leave or okay, out. I'll leave right. or whatever. Right. He was resisting arrest. Um, and then things got out of hand. The officer got on top of him. He was trying to arrest him or right. detain him. Uh, the little kid, which was his son, I think maybe three or four years old, was like around it, screaming, whatever. Tremendo right. So this is, and this is why I said it with, we're Cuban, so we could talk about our our people. Okay. You know that our people are... Our people um, suck so hard sometimes. Uh, the tunnel vision is... My experience is worse than yours and nothing will ever compare to it, and you right. can't compare it to mine because what you're going through, that's not a thing. Right. The, uh, we have I been, didn't experience no, it, no, so it no, doesn't... Nobody's been traumatized no, more, more than More, harder, or worse. Right. Because, you know, the thing is that you can't... Except that other people are traumatized. Right. That doesn't take away from your trauma. It's and not your, pie. Your terrible things <laughs> that have happened to you. Right. But, you know. Okay. So, what I have seen overwhelmingly mm -hmm. in all these posts. It's funny because I haven't seen any of this And what I saw overwhelmingly on this newscast mm -hmm. was that we... He, that man got picked on because he was Cuban and he got picked on because he was Latin and this is discrimination against Latin people and they were discriminating him because he didn't speak English because this happened in Jacksonville because the officer picked on him because he was Cubans and we should go march this was a guy on TV where are the Cubans why don't we go march in Jacksonville you know da da da, da. and everybody on Instagram outraged oh my god what they're doing to our brothers and sisters oh my God, they're picking on him because he's Cuban. And I'm like, oh. So hashtag, hashtag Cuban lives matter. Oh, because you were the same people that two days ago were saying all lives matter. All because, lives matter. But when they touch one of your own, when they touch one of your own, now it's personal. Now now, now it's a real problem. Right. Now it's, no, you're picking on him because he's Cuban. Now racism exists. Right. Now racism exists. Right. 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 Because all, what happens the other times when it's a black officer and a white person? Well, but the white person, the black, the, I'm sorry, when it's a white officer and a black guy, oh, but the, right. the, 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 the black guy was resisting arrest or, oh, he should have listened to the officer. Like a million butts. Right, right. A million butts. Right. Or, oh, you know, maybe this was just random. You know, just because the officer you can't say it's arrested the, right, right, him. Right. You know, you can't say it was because, you know, he was black. Oh, right. so a million butts for that. Right. Oh, no, but this, but this, but this. But yeah, when, one of your own, concert. when one of your own gets in a scuffle with a cop because he's resisting arrest. Oh, then it's because he's Cuban. Right. Oh, no, no, no. It's because he's Cuban. No, no. And the guy. The, and I want to point out. The guy in the news thing, that's oh. why I, I texted 
I forgot who I texted. That was like, this is like propaganda. Because I was watching it. As like, it unfolded. I'm like, this is propaganda. He was like, oh, because, yeah. you know, where is the protest in Jacksonville? Because we should go protest in Jacksonville. And, I, and, and I'm I, like, I'm sure you're the same son of a bitch. Who said, why are they protesting? Why are they protesting, are they protesting? with the coronavirus? You know, like, Right, but now it know. doesn't matter. But now, no, because it's one of your own, it matters. I also, I'm going to say, I also wonder, even though I know the answer <laughs> to my to my wondering. In this case, because it was Cuban, but if it was a Mexican, they wouldn't care. Cubans, of course they wouldn't. They wouldn't care. They'd be like, "Bueno, sabrá de lo que hizo el mexicano ese pa." Of course they wouldn't. Right. Because you know what? As when we had the live episode here uh, a couple of weeks ago, that one of our listeners uh, who was chiming in yeah. said, "You should have an episode about racism within the Latin community," which we do. Which we're working on. We're working on. We're working on it. We actually <laughs> wanted to be a more panel discussion. Also, you know, two white guys talking about the experience of racism. You know, it, is a little. We thought it would be a, a a more a better spectrum to have everybody from you know representative d- different tonalities. You know, right, 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 because, right. Because I, mean, I haven't. We're, we're, we're progressive and we're open minded, but mean, I can't speak to an experience. Well, we can't speak to an experience of our but that, skin but, color. No, but that's what I'm saying. But, but I, that's why I want someone else But here. we could speak to an experience as to being treated differently when people find out that we're Latin. Right. Right? Obviously, now when you're Latin and you're black, mm-hmm. then that's a whole different... Right, right, know, right. But right. that's what I'm saying. Like, we can only speak to a certain part of it. Right. So, but we do want to have a show on that. But yeah. I just thought it was something worth speaking about. Because... You know, so many times, especially as a younger generation of Cubans, you know, and this happens across the board with just All, any yeah. sub, any issue in any subject. Right. But, you know, older generation Cubans are very conservative and they're, you know, very one way. And it's like, wow, the moment that one of yours is touched, the moment it's you personal. scream racism. It's personal. But when it happens to anybody else, there's a million buts. Oh, but this, but that, but that, but that, no, but no, no. But the moment, the moment, the moment, because everybody on Instagram, oh my God, that poor Cuban man, he got picked on. It's Jacksonville because Jacksonville is racist, you know, because it's, you know. And let me be clear. Let me be clear. You know what? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the pinnacle of racism. But yeah. don't stand there and call that racism and everything else, else is. People overreacting. People are overreacting, you know. Right. You know? Right. So I just thought it was something really interesting. That's why I wanted you to watch the video first without context. Okay. Okay. Because I had no idea what. Right. I mean, I, I could see what was happening, but I didn't yeah. know what was going yeah. on. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a protest in Jacksonville, you know, this weekend. Who knows? <laughs> Cuban lives matter. <laughs> I'm not driving up to Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not driving. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go. Never mind. I'll go as far as Orlando. I'll go protest at a Black Lives Matter. <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Before I go, I go to a Cuban lives matter. Well, actually, no, I will not go to a Cuban lives because that's missing the point. <laughs> Completely missing the point. So, never say never, but depends who depends who's who's organizing it. Shall we no, say? No, but. We, we know, you know, that's why, I, again, I said it. We can talk about our own people. <laughs> yeah. You can't do it, but I sure as fuck can. <laughs> but that's also why, you know, uh, things like that is one of the reasons why we have, you know, the guests that we have this week. Mm-hmm. So actually, yes, that is a great, great example. You see, this week we actually welcome, we have two guests welcoming back one and, and you know, welcoming for the first time um, the hosts of Brown and Black podcast. It's a great podcast. It's been around for maybe like six or seven episodes at this mm-hmm. point. Um, it's co-hosted by Jack Rico, who's been on our show before, and we loved him. I mean, he's fantastic. He's a 
Great speaker. I don't know why we keep bringing him on because he just makes us sound like ass. Mm-hmm. But they both did. And now he's co-hosting with Mike Sargent, who sounds even better than you know than anything. So it's like we just need to start having people on who sound bad. <laughs> That's gonna be our new our, our new uh, vetting you process. Have a terrible voice. Come on, better come on, better let me tell, tell you. you. Yeah, we're gonna run you through like a filter or something. But um, so their podcast is called Brown and Black, and you know they they're talking about um all the issues that you know are affecting minorities and the beauty of it is that they are kind of like what we want to do where we have that you know that spectrum of voices talking about racism within the latino community you know uh mike is black and uh, jack is colombian and so they're bringing two sides of the coin you know so that there is that balance where you can see the shared experiences, but the nuances within right. each one as well. So we had a great time talking to them. Like honestly, we could have talked to them for like yeah. three days. Yeah, I, I, I can't. It's funny because this was, <laughs> we were having such an important conversation, yeah. but due to the limits of Zoom, right. <laughs> but again, it's good because if not, we would have just talked forever and yeah, ever this, and ever. This like, episode would have been about two and a half hours long. Yeah. <laughs> so without further ado, and uh, and after a word from our sponsor, Mike and Jack with the Brown and Black Podcast. Hey everyone, this is DJ from Pero Let Me Tell You, and I'm here to tell you guys about Manscaped's latest product. You've probably heard us talk about the Lawnmower 3.0. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go back to the garden because Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker. You know, if you're like me, you hate, hate, hate those nasty ear and nose hairs that just pop up, are gross, and they're just so annoying. And that is where Manscaped's Weed Whacker comes in. A nose an ear hair trimmer that uses proprietary skin safe technology and a 360 degree rotary dual blade system to help prevent you know any of those nicks or snags you don't want none of that on your ears and nose and it's a great product because it'll take care of it and you'll be all nice and trim and the timing is perfect because it's a perfect Father's Day gift, and now that summer is here and we could finally get out of the house, you want to be nice and clean-shaven and all trimmed up. So how do you get this product? Just go to manscaped.com, and when you're there, use promo code PERO20 to receive 20% off your order. That's right, 20% off your order. And Manscaped is even going to include free shipping and handling. So come on, this is such a bargain. It's a great value and it's a great product. So that's right, 20% off using promo code BITO20 for Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. So what are you waiting for? Go to manscaped.com and order yours today. Welcome back, gente. So as we said, this week we've got not one, but two guests on our show. So get ready because you're about to hear four voices, all very passionate, probably talking all at once at some point in time. Um, we've got the hosts of the Brown and Black podcast, uh, former guest of the show, Jack Rico, and welcoming for the first time, Mike Sargent. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, thank definitely you for being on Pedro, let me tell appreciate you, you taking thank, the time. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you very much, guys. Uh, great to see you guys again. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So, you know, I guess we'll start at the top, right? You know, Brown and Black podcast. It's interesting times in our country right now you guys i we were joking a little bit earlier mike was saying you know he sounded like the oracle um considering that you guys started this in like what late march early april i think you might actually be an oracle sir one of you at least because wow is your timing prophetic well you know and jack yeah. can speak to this as well you know the irony of this is that we've had this idea for a while like 
quite some time. We've been talking. I would about say it. two years, almost wow. two years. Exactly. We have logos. We had different names for the show and everything. Uh, and the funny thing is, Jack originally said, "How about brown and black?" And I was like, "Well, that's too on the nose." You know, like, <laughs> oh, you know what? You know, brown and black. Uh, what? What is that? And Jack was clearly you know, prophetic because, yeah. you know, we were, we were going full steam ahead with a completely different name really? than the logo, the whole thing. Yeah. We were loving it. Okay. And what are some of the names, Mike? What are some uh, of the names that we came uh, up what with? What we were going to go with was, <laughs> you know, the phrase, you know, apples versus oranges. Yep. So that was what we were going to call the podcast. We're going to call it apples and oranges. Yeah. Oh, oranges. okay. Uh, we had the whole cute logo thing happening. Jack was the, the orange though. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. All right. And uh, <laughs> I've heard he prevents scurvy, so that makes sense. <laughs> I make sure no flu, no right, right, fevers right. happen. I'm the orange. Uh, but no, so we had that. We had so many. I, I could I could open up a folder while while we're doing this, I'll open a folder, but that a lot of names. But but then as we were coming into this year, you know, it just hit me. I said, you know, and this has happened a few times. I don't like to admit it, but I was like, Jack is right, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and so so we went with brown and black, and 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 it just made sense. And this is pre-COVID, pre-social unrest, you know. This was just it's just who we are, and and why we wanted to do it. Yeah, I remember, you know, obviously uh, before you guys started Brown and Black, you, Jack, you had Highly Relevant. And I would hear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, that, that was one of the names we were going to call. What was it? We were going to call it uh, Relevant Perspective. That's that was, the, uh, right. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Like an extension of Highly Relevant. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay because I was going to say, you know, I, I remember, I mean, Mike, it, for, quite frankly, it was Highly Relevant with Jack Rico, but it should have been Highly Relevant with Jack Rico featuring Mike Sargent. I mean, like, because, <laughs> you know, right. you, you were a very consistent presence on the show. And I, for one, loved when you guys would chat together. So is that kind of where the germ of the idea started? Like, okay, people are responding to this. Let's, let's you know, take off from there. 
Jack. Kennedy. Yes, I, I, I would I would say that I started getting uh, texts from friends regarding Mike and how Mike and I were we didn't even need interviews. Mike and I were the the draw, I guess, to a certain extent. And I felt it and Mike felt it. And he started getting some uh, text on his end and text on my end. And we were just like, why are we ignoring this? So I had to make a, a, a big change and and stop talking about Latin X um, as a as as, the, as an exclusive topic. Right. And I said, Mike, I have always felt, and this has been going on for almost two years, that Mike and I, Mike, Mike is a national contributor on PBS NewsHour, Fox Business News, Yahoo Finance. You could catch Mike almost anywhere, and I, I have the same the same sort of uh, credentials and template on the Today Show and so forth. And I just felt like me being brown and him being black, us walking in together into like Hearst magazines or anything like that, I think it, that would be impressive because we're white adjacent, you know, we're, <laughs> we're white acceptable. Um, and so to have us speak the way we do, think the way we do, allows the, let's just call it like it is, the, the, the white, you know, cast uh, say, okay, you know what? They they assimilated, and that's what we like. And I think we could give these guys a chance. So, in my head, I said I have to stop highly relevant. Just get together with Mike, and make this pop. So already, uh, five episodes in, we all have already started getting a lot of traction, and we're in beta mode still. We're not even full hard launch. So Are you sure? Expect a lot uh, more things from us. Because you you sound pretty pretty well oiled, guys. I mean, I don't know about beta. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because Jack and I are both. Uh, it's interesting because uh, I, I've been doing radio a long time, and uh, and I've had different co-hosts, and I've worked with a lot of different people, you know, and I have a, I've had great guests and all of that. But you know, chemistry and 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 uh, mutual respect, uh, mutual you know intellectual stimulation, that kind of thing. I, I mean, I'm assuming you guys have something similar. A little bit, okay. Uh, yeah, a little, <laughs> just a, just a little bit. But but that's something that you know you you can't you know they always talk about lightning in a bottle. You can't you can't manufacture that. You know, uh, and and it happens naturally. Like if you heard Jack and I on a phone call, you think we were doing a podcast because <laughs> <laughs> this is just how we are. That's so, exactly as a matter of fact, why you know, and I started a podcast. We, we really, would be on the phone. we'd be on the phone and we'd be like, somebody should record this. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's Dude, exactly us. That's exactly us. So so it, it was that. But you know. Uh, not to sound erudite, but but I also I, I agree with everything Jack said. But you know there 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 are a couple other you know facets to this to me. Uh, pro and again, prior to the you know the world saying yes, you know uh, people of color matter. You know before before that was the case. When you have someone that that you know you know every time I have a conversation with Jack, you know I come away you know uh, better. You know, I, I've learned something, you know, and, and and he could come away with learn something. And it's not about knowledge or pers but it's perspective. It's, you know, uh, I, I enjoy Jack's mind, you know, and and I think that that's something that if we had some preconceived notions of each other, we would have never connected. 
You know what I mean? If like, like if I thought, well, he's Latino, that means X, Y, Z, or if he thought, well, he's black guy, that means. So that's, that's one Two, I also feel like both of us, as Jack said, are uh, people of color who have integrated into the white world. You know, people have no idea listening to me that I'm black. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've been in situations where I meet somebody and they go, you're Mike Sargent. Wow. You know, I, thought you'd be taller you know uh, or you know I, I or maybe wider <laughs> I, I could tell you stories I could tell you stories of, of white people thinking I was white and saying you know an ethnic joke to me or something but I say all that to say that that so our not only our our ability to access that but also people to you know I, I've joked with with Jack too that I, I was always one of those like I could be like the starter black friend, you know, the 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 the, the black friend that, that like a lot of white people like I was their first like they really felt they could you know ask me those questions they always wanted to ask a black person and they didn't want to get punched in the face, you know. So and I think Jack too is is one of those has had similar experiences where you know people you know white people might listen to us or or you know respond to us in a way that they wouldn't to some other vision they have of a person of color. Are you with me, Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Actually, so I, well, what you guys are talking about is really interesting because here on, on our show, we've talked about previously that same exact thing. Because as you see, Ish and I, you know, we could pass, as I say, I could pass for white until I open up my mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, until I open up my mouth, then I, you know, I'm done. But it gives you a little bit of a, a perspective because you kind of see how people are before and after. And I've seen, I've literally seen the switch when it's like, oh, you're Latino? And it's kind of like a huge, like, change. In, disappointment? In, you know, <laughs> disappointment, surprise, because, you know, unfortunately, you know, and, we, and we've said this many times, and this is, I, I think, part of the media's fault, which I definitely want to talk about um in a moment you know what does specifically in terms of you know the latino community the hispanic community the brown community what is white america's vision of it that we are all like homogenous we all look the same way we all do the same way thing so i think the fact when 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 somebody who's white caucasian sees somebody who's latino and white it kind of like blows their mind because it's like you don't look like this and um as i said it's interesting because since we kind of can walk that line we see the switch in people when it's like oh like and it's so annoying it's just so like oh really is. Like, literally and, stop the eye roll <laughs> and where that comes from is you know uh white latinos that that let's say from venezuela want to come to the united states and they've enjoyed their white privilege in their country once they come here, that white privilege takes a, a, a back door um, to white Caucasian America, right. uh, which is ultimately the, 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 the de facto white supremacy. It's American white Caucasian, not even Anglo-Saxon anymore. Uh, it really is the American one. And so what they've done is they've managed to create a system uh, with an incredibly structured system of propaganda through imagery representation, through education uh, and lack of access to that. So the smartest people, uh, the prettiest people, the most wealthiest people, it's not a coincidence that they all happen to be white. 
this is historic. This is uh, it's been traced almost 400 years. And if you even uh, you could go back all the way to Spain, to the way they created the 16 shades of blackness, which is the casta system. And you know these are portraits that you could see in the uh, Museum of Mexico. And what you'll see there is the breeding process. The same way we breed dogs is the way that Spaniards were breeding uh, Native Americans, blacks, and themselves to create a unique sort of Puritan white uh, that that Americans took, or, or at that time European settlers, settlers took, as this is going to become the national identity of this country. And we have to make it seem like it's for everybody, but it really is just for us. Right. Right. And you guys, you know, to now go to, I believe it was your latest episode about media representation yep. of brown and black people, which, again, we've talked about here before. So that's really something I really want to discuss with you guys. Something that we had talked about here some episodes ago uh, about the homogenous like view of Latinos um, in, in American media. Um, we talked about Sofia Vergara, who is Colombian. Mm -hmm. And Sofia Vergara, yeah. for us in the Hispanic world, we have known about her for ages. And she is blonde. She is naturally blonde. And when she wanted to get uh, roles on American uh, sitcoms or American television, she had to dye her hair black because she had to go with what the image of a Latina was. And she had to make her accent even thicker than, you know, she, she has an accent, but not as thick as what we see a modern family which is sort of a caricature if you w will so that's something i really want to like go, go with you guys because that image that media whether it's on the news or television it's just so archaic and so at this point in time insulting that yes. even after yes. all this time it's still a homogenized stereotypical view of how they see all of us well, can I, I mean, maybe I, I yeah, shouldn't, but, but I just have to say, you know, just speaking about, you know, imagery and iconography, I mean, I think there's a point where images like that become so embedded mm -hmm. that, that it's just, it's just accepted. It's, it's not even questioned anymore. It, it's not even, uh, you know, uh, Robert Townsend made this movie Hollywood Shuffle where he had a whole sequence in there where, you know, the, the black school of acting where you had to like act yeah. blacker, you know, you know, black it, blacken it up, you know, and, and that's, that's <laughs> definitely a thing. I have, I have a number of, of female uh, um, Latina actress friends who have told me similar stories of, of you know, or have a problem uh, where if they're not, you know, there, there's, I teach a filmmaking class and, and I had a, a, a girl, a, a, a actress, a, a woman, young woman who wanted, to, who took the class because she wanted to create roles for herself. She wanted to learn about making her own scripts and films and whatnot because she was half black, half Latina, oh. but she wasn't black enough to be get the black role that would be written she wasn't latina enough to get the latino role because they're both cliches like you can't be both you can't be right. they don't know what to do with other them. than the, you, you know we don't have a cookie for that right exactly right. yeah i don't have a box for exactly. that sorry <laughs> like, yeah. like, so can't cut you. sorry no cut no cookie cutter for that one sorry yeah. nope, you're you know you're right and you know, yeah and i think i, I go ahead well what i was going to say is the Sofia Vergara issue is someone, something that I've been pretty close to, simply because ella es barranquillera, yo también soy barranquillero. Oh, yeah. My mom and dad are from Barranquilla. 
And so I've been following her since she was 16 in that Pepsi uh, commercial, you know, yeah. the bikini where she, I mean, that's, that's where she kind of broke through. Now, Jack, but wait, the problem say, is, is, Jack, when you say following her, I think we can all read between the lines. Mike. I think we all know. I mean, at this point, the restraining order probably has been dropped. Yes, they don't live yes. near each we'll, other. We'll br- you can bring that up. We'll we'll have a link on the website. Page. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We'll save that for a yeah, bonus episode man, of Brown and Black. Uh, yeah, but, creepy really but, quick, man. But uh, yeah, what, what Jack was saying in the Hispanic community. I mean, I've known a Sofia Vergara since I was like in high school. Like. Uh, she used to have that show memories in Fuera de Serie, you know. Um, with El Gordo Mole. Yeah, no, with Fernando Fiore. Yeah, yeah, Fernando Fiore, yeah. So I think what we go back to is that, you know, within the Hispanic market, she enjoyed, obviously, certain white privileges because in Univision and Telemundo, we still have the colorism problem, uh, which is the yeah. whitening of all these actors to create a particular representation of what class is. But I would say that that colorism is really dictated on 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 a very deep-rooted historical aspect of when the Spaniards came and the French came over to Hispaniola for the very first time. That classification of skin color for human beings is something that Mexicans, for the most part, uh, to this day, still deny that they have any black within them. I mean, there was a there was this documentary that I think everyone should watch called Black in Latin America by Henry Louis Gage Jr. Uh, you can catch it on Amazon Video. And in it, they have about six episodes, one beginning with Mexico uh, and Cuba, where they talk about Gaspar Yanga, which is a slave that was essentially Captain America, man. And this guy was the Simon Bolivar, the George Washington of his time. And it was the first free slave uh, city in the Americas outside of the Caribbean, uh, where the Haitians took out the French and they became the first free form slave country. Uh, in, in, in the world. So when you see that black people are the ones that are essentially the, the first settlers and the, and the people that created the independence for whites to live in, uh, the fact that they get no credit, it starts to, under, you start now to understand where colors, colorism comes from, uh, which is from the oppressors of Spain. This all plays into 2020. It plays into Sofia Vergara. It plays into everything that we see. Watching those documentaries allowed me to really kind of clarify is we got to make changes in image representation, not just in a North American mainstream white media. It has to start happening at Univision, at Televisa, at Telemundo, and whatever other network decides that white Latino is the de facto image. Because, listen, man, if we're not doing anything about it, but we're criticizing whites for it, then we're the biggest hypocrites on the planet. Yeah, if you're not part of the problem, you're part of the uh, you're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. That's sort of the thing. We're complicit. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you guys a question because you you brought up now you know all we're demanding you know there's more representation and things of that nature and obviously in the last you know couple of weeks we've seen all these companies across the board everybody you know we've all gotten the emails right from every company we've ever gotten a newsletter from yeah. saying what they're <laughs> going to be doing and I think even actually I think it was just today you know NBC has said that they're in, they're going to be putting investment to make sure that there's at least one diverse person, whatever that winds up meaning, on all of their productions to ensure representation. Do you think this is going to be a long haul situation? Or do you feel like this is long time coming, but a little knee jerk? And in about a year or so, things will go back to normal? Because I feel like 
this isn't the first time we've heard these types of things, right? We've heard these types of like, we're going to do better and we're going to make sure that there's representation and we're going to make sure that there's diversity. And, you know, it's a lot of this, you know, talk, talk. And then when the new shiny toy comes in, everybody loses, you know, focus. Well, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but mm. I think I should. <laughs> Me too. First. I know you do. I know you do. I know Jack. Like if I started to talk, Jack would explode. So Jack, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, go for it. Go for it. Go away, for it. Guys. Gonna, we're go here. Right yeah. uh, all right. Well, I'll just say this. I, I think a couple things, you know, and I'll try and be brief. One, I think that, yes, you know, historically, uh, I definitely remember the 90s where, you know, after, you know, she's got to have it, then, then Boys in the Hood and, and, and all of a house party and all of a sudden black movies were making money. Every studio had a black executive black people go to Somebody. the movies all of a sudden black people go to this there's there's money out there yeah so so all of a sudden you know yeah hollywood follows the money so that that started to happen uh, i think um and and not much actually happened okay uh during that time though you know clearly we're in a different era for black film but uh i i think the difference now is the is is really social media and, and, and here's why. I think social media has, it, people in, in many ways, I think social media is underestimated in terms of the power it has. But more importantly, just the power of, you know, we've been talking about image, we're talking about national identity, we're talking about racial identity, cultural identity. You know, people are very susceptible to what they see and, and how, how uh, they're perceived. And companies now are, you know, uh, something can get out about an employee doing something, you know, I don't know if I can curse here, but oh, effed up. By all okay. Means, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so some companies get out and then, Oh, they realize they hired a, a fucking Nazi. All right. And, and he's, he's out in on the weekend drinking with his buddy standing on somebody's head. Oh, we got to fire him. And that would never happen. That only happens because of social media. So that means perception is everything. Those mm -hmm. cops getting fired, that would never happen. That just these these things never happen. Even George Floyd, this would never happen now. The fact that everybody was, you know, holed up in the house and wanted to get out and protest, that sounds pretty good, you know. That's that's a whole other thing. But the momentum, the fact that it's caught on worldwide, the fact that the world knows what's going on here in this country mm -hmm. and knows that his face 24 hours from the time it happened, that's never happened before. We've never been able to communicate ideas as quickly as we can now. And the world is fucked up. It's fucked up. And, and I can only liken it to the, you know, we had the civil rights in the 60s. Then we had something called Occupy Wall Street, which mm -hmm. was huge. It was a movement, but it had no leadership. It had no direction. So it died out. Okay. <laughs> it didn't stand for anything, but it was huge. Everybody got it. Okay. Everybody got Occupy Wall Street. Everybody got it. We're being fucked. You know, everybody was into it, but nothing happened. I think the difference here is that, there, and again, I've said this before, but it's accountability. Social media has made a lot of people accountable, of course, except, you know, the president, because he's not going to tell you who paid all that money. <laughs> well, you but said, I'm you just said saying, people, not monsters. All right. It's, it's true. It's true. So <laughs> it's, it's made corporations. It's, it's, it's created a level of accountability that has never existed before. So that's the only and it also, you know, the young, mm -hmm. young people are growing up during this time, seeing some mm -hmm. things that, you know, we're in a different, this is a different age of, of, of human. 
you know, their, their human beings are being stimulated in completely different ways than they ever have been. And it's changed us. You know, we have a different need for validation than we ever have. And again, social media. So that's my two cents. No, it's absolutely. I mean, I mean, shit, we could end right now. That was very succinct. I mean, like, and you're right. You know, it's to your point of, you know, why did those cops get fired? It's not because of what they did. It's because we saw it. You know, that's that we, we saw it. We reacted. We right. reacted. Right. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no. if, if nobody had seen it, you know, we wouldn't have had anything to react to, shall we say. Now, something I really wanted to discuss with you guys, because you guys are full blown in like media and you, you know, we really aren't. Um, so you probably know media heads and all that stuff, which we really don't. Um, you know, we we obviously talk about like the Tyler Perry's of the world and like America Ferreira and all these like different people that are trying to bring about our stories and stuff like that. And time and time again, it has shown that whenever our stories are told, there is a, a, um, a reaction to it. Like look at Black Panther now last year and how many people went to see it. And so there is an audience for these stories and, and this, this form of storytelling representation. So what do you think that studio heads, whether it be television, you know, across the spectrum of media, what do you think they're still afraid of? Is it just plain old bias and racism or, or what is it that they're still hesitant about more di- like proper diversity and proper representation? So every media outlet that I have ever worked for, every time you mentioned something Hispanic, that white media is fearful of what the audience might think, whether it's the reader, the viewer or the listener. And that comes from a sense of their own fears that they project upon their audience. So when they say, well, our viewers might not like that, they're saying they might not like Actually, they don't like that. They don't like that is because they don't watch Latino television. They don't watch black television. They don't know black people. They don't know. The only interaction they have with Latinos might be their maids or service people. And the only interaction they might have with a black person might be arbitrary and random, you know, it's, uh, or maybe an employee that they have that works at a very low level. Uh, black and, and Latino make white people uncomfortable. They don't know it well. They don't understand their mindset, their ideologies, their customs, their cultures, and they don't want to know. One day I asked Woody Allen, Woody, um, every time I see a New York film as a New Yorker, it's funny. I don't see black or Latino people in New York, yet when you walk down the street, even in Manhattan, that's all you see. You, you see a cornucopia, a melting pot of the world's diversity in one single city, yet you chose to wipe all that diversity out and create just a white Jewish New Yorker. He said to me, well, it's because I write to the things that I know, and that's not a problem. You can write about the things you know and the world you know and the and the, the shades of color that you only interact with. But my beef has always been then why are you only being given a platform to 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 tell these stories? Why can't it be everyone else? Same thing with the white American theater with Broadway, yeah. which is the great white way. Recently there was a newsletter that came out. Well, it was more like a that. like an announcement. 
um, uh, uh, where it says, we see you, white American theater, and we see the same thing. Their complicitness in racism and white supremacy comes from the fact that there's one stage, one real stage in America, and that's Broadway. And the fact that only white stories, for the most part, 80 to 95% of the times, are white stories um, is a problem for everyone else that needs to tell their story because this is America's story. It's not just white American story. So we have to come to a point where we have to educate white people. Uh, they have to be part of the solution. They can't just listen to us, understand what's going on because we've been there and we've done that and it's not working. What is going to work is them to you know, put up their sleeves and actually work to fixing the solution with us. No, that, that right. makes absolute sense. And, you know, I, 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 we could honestly sit here and talk to you guys for like six hours and then still have to reschedule something. But, um, you know, <laughs> as, as we start to wrap up, I mean, I really, uh, obviously, you know, you guys, your Brown and Black podcast, you know, it's, I, I can't believe you're only on episode like what, five or six. I mean, I feel like I've been listening to you guys uh, yeah. talk for like, a year and a half now already, but that's again because my we're long winded. You're saying no, we're long winded. No, 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 no. Each show Mike, seems like a year. That's because Mike was the unofficial co-host of Highly Relevant for he so was, long. He was. So, he was. He was. You know, Guys, I, I, I was actually surprised of how much content you put in your episodes yes. that are thirty some minute long. Our episodes go on for over an hour, and we gotta shut each other up. Yeah. So congrats <laughs> for like having such like you know good meaty topics in like under forty minutes. I'm not sure how you do it. Yeah, but. <laughs> we're still learning. We're still learning, obviously. <laughs> But, um, you know, again, I, we want to thank you guys for, for taking time out, you know, to come and chat with us. It's, I mean, you know, welcome back, Jack. You know, you're, you're, you're part you, of the man. family already. And Mike, welcome to the family. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. you thank know, you for having whenever me. Whenever you guys, well, first of all, whenever this COVID craziness goes around and you guys are down here in Miami, by all means, you know, let's do one of these in person. Oh. So I, we, you know, we, we only have about six minutes left uh, in the okay. Zoom meeting. <laughs> but I want to ask you guys something. Um you know, we've been here before, as, as we said. We've been here before, and sometimes it feels like you're in a loop. Does this time feel different, and are you guys hopeful that there will be real significant change this time? Um, Mike. I can go. All right. You, well, you, my, my, yeah, so, I mean, essentially, Mike and I have had these conversations on and off, you know, the podcast. I've asked Mike. I think there's going to be a racial war before there's actually some sort of solution um, because any oppressor that is being challenged by its sub oppressor will not just relent. So we have to see this situation as 400 years of something that at this point, the, the, the generation Z whites have understood that their history is not who they are and they want to make that change. Um, Mike thinks a little opposite. He thinks that change will happen, but I think that before they relent, we have to, they're going to create a resistance that doesn't allow that to happen. So is this change going to happen this year? Is it going to happen next year? We're going to see micro movements like we've seen at Condé Nast, where many of their uh, editor-in-chiefs have now been uh, fired or they've resigned. So changes are happening, but it's going to be so minuscule that we won't really see the impact of this for maybe five, 10 years, Mike. 
Well, all right. I'll be brief. I, I disagree with I agree with him and I disagree with him. I think that the biggest change is, like I said, not only social media, but I also think that we have more economic power. We have more, you know, we don't just have a Muhammad Ali and a, and a, and a Martin Luther King and, you know, and a few a few icons. We have enough people who are doing things. And uh, most importantly, you know, you, there, there are a number of athletes who are doing things, you know, with voting and, and all kinds of things. So I'm I'm encouraged by that but i also think it's the passage of of information you know where to put our 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 money you know there's a blackout day coming that 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 ti came up with there there are are a number of things i think that where the people you know we live in a false democracy but social media okay and the time we live in and and acknowledging our our economic power i I agree with everything jack said i do agree that that white people have to be part of the problem they have to want to change you know i I don't believe in white guilt i I think it's white shame you know i think there's a reason why they don't want to see themselves in that light or their ancestors or anything no who, who wants to see themselves negative but i think that that could be alleviated if they realize they become part of the solution. It's not about whether you used to think that way or whether your parents or your parents' mm-hmm. parents. It's not about that. It's about what are you going to do tomorrow. Right. So That's fair. I'm a little more optimistic, uh, you know, ironically because I'm I'm kind of a pessimist. But uh, I I don't I think the war has already begun. I just don't think it's it's I think it's being fought on different levels. I think it's already happening. You know, there are already four, three black people have been hanging from trees in the last week yeah. that I've heard yeah. about. Yeah. So it's all it's already happening. You know, the casualties are not always going to be out in the battlefield. There yeah. will be financial casualty. There will be, you know. The, and I, and I also think, um, to, to be really quick, I also think education has a lot to do with absolutely, it. Absolutely. In our previous episode, and absolutely. I you guys to take listen to our previous episode episode 113 we talked about the historical context of the confederacy of the national anthem how the national anthem what we sing is only the first stanza of an extremely racist um you know poem. <laughs> that's true and i can't tell you the feedback that we've gotten from people that had absolutely no idea you know about that and then as i say i'm like when you know the historical context of a lot of these things you're able to understand a little bit a little bit better why we are where we are and why so many people are offended by these things and it's incredible to me how so many people are oblivious to history uh just have no clue definitely and you know what and that's yeah. why it's important for to do what we're doing you know because right. we we put that information out there okay one person will hear it tell somebody else so somebody right. else and and then that's how information spreads and that's the power we have right and, Right. And that's where I think brown and black, it's about unity. It's about bringing Absolutely. us together uh, to create a brand new type of America that we can all share it. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why, that's why, like, going with what you're saying, like, in our podcast, our motto is listen, laugh, and learn. Because we hope that, yeah, people <laughs> come along the ride with us, they laugh, they have a good time. But we hope that at the end, there's something learn. that they learned. Yeah. You know, that they, they yes. took That's great, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Guys, again, thank you so much. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your 112th episode, you know, from here down the line. (laughs) Thank you guys for such support, man. We appreciate it. No, of course. And you know what? You guys have an open invitation whenever you want to swing by again. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Take care, guys. And we're back. I'm serious. I could have kept talking to them, like, yeah. For a good three more hours, easily. Yeah, because they have. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, we 
we agree with their perspective. I mean, we right. we're all about their perspective. <laughs> that is our perspective. No, we're pro racism. But um, <laughs> no, but even even above that, what I specifically took away from their interview and their podcast, actually, you know, from yeah. listening to their podcast, and you guys should really take a listen to them. Is what I was talking to them about. What I kept bringing up was the media. Yeah, because there's so much subliminal. Things that we don't even think about, like we, as, we internalize it. As we talked about, you know, like Sofia Vegara dyeing her hair black, which mm -hmm. we've talked about her before, and how like Latinos come in so many different shades, but we only see the white ones, right. you know. Um, and those are things that a lot of times we don't even stop and think about that. And yeah. but but it is a real issue, yeah. You know, yeah. it is a real issue, and and I think it's that type of racism that. I think it's kind of the worst because that's the type of racism that it's hard to see. It's hard to catch because we've internalized it. Yeah. We, we've just kind of, we, we don't recognize, like we've said before, you know, when most people think about racism or systemic racism, they think of the KKK, you know what I mean? Like that. And yes, that is the obvious, the extreme, but those but are the ones the that least bother me. Because, not that least bother me, but I think those are the least dangerous because you can see them a lot away. Well, they're blatantly racist, right. clearly, <laughs> but I think they're such outcasts of society that people look down on them. Right, you know, for the most I, part, yeah. On the most part, what I've said, you know, and that like what concerns me are, you know, and I've said this before, are the Amy Coopers of the world. The girl from Central Park with the dog. Right. Who are like, super liberal are and she thinks that she is, she you know. She thinks that she's, you know. She the, was going to march in a Black Lives Matter parade. Exactly. You know? And, and then look, look how quickly she weaponized she that man's race. You know, and how quickly she became a victim. Yeah. You know, and como yo what I find humorous about that video is how she was hysterical by the end of the video. By the end of the thing, the dog almost died. I mean, yeah, I mean like, like, <laughs> she was choking her dog into hysteria. Like, it was like, <laughs> like calm down. Calm down. Amy. You know, Amy slash Karen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> go speak to the manager of Central Park. Central Park. Oh. <laughs> that sounds like something very arduous to have to do. But yeah, no, um, these guys were awesome, and it was a great conversation. Yeah. Look forward to having but them back. All, but as usual, <clears throat> we're a little thirsty. Yeah, so it is time for our last soda, last soda of the desert. So are you going to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, I'm actually going to go first. Okay. And it's not so much that I'm giving a last soda to this person, more like a congratulations to this okay, person. Okay, well, you can congratulate them with a soda. With a soda. Because, okay. you know, because of the recent Supreme Court ruling and it's Pride Month, I'm going to give a congratulatory soda. I love her. I know a lot of people are like, ugh, about her. I love Raven Simone. And Raven Simone got married. She did? She got married. When? This week. <laughs> That's so Raven not That's to tell so us. Raven, I know, right? <laughs> I I love Raven Simone. I do. I love She's her. She's fun. She was on Match Game last week, <laughs> and you know she was on the View, and you know I'm all about the a View. a little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the View, and you know I, I think a lot of people used to give her a lot of shit for her opinion on the View, and it's like you forget that this she this girl at that time I think she was in her late twenties, early thirties. Mm -hmm. That's why she was on the View, right? So they could have a perspective, a, a perspective of a yeah. younger person, right? And you know I I've actually kind of. I like her. I just like her. I think she has like really good energy. Yeah, she um, seems like a positive person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's the most dramatic actress I've ever in seen. In a sitcom. In a sitcom. <laughs> like, I think that when she finishes the 
when she would finish the recording, like recording that's so Raven or in Raven's, yeah, Raven's home house, she she must be exhausted because she must do a lot of Epsom salt baths. <laughs> like there's so much, there's so much like coming out of her. She she doesn't half ass it. Let's put it that way. So yeah, so um, you know, congratulations for her. She on the View because she, if you recall, when she came out, she was one of these people that like didn't want to label herself as a lesbian, right? Because um, you know, I don't know if it's that she had been in relationships with men or she had been in love right. with men. She didn't right. want to put herself in, in a box. that box, yeah. and a lot of people gave her shit. Even a lot of people in the LGBT community gave her a lot of shit. Yeah, and I, you know, well, we are like, we're our own worst critics. Yeah, but you know, but we also have to be very open minded. And you well, know, not everybody's journey is the same. Exactly, and if mm-hmm. that is what she says she feels, who am I to tell you no? You must. You have to be a lesbian. lesbian. Yes. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Pick so, one of the letters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, but now there's so many letters. I that know. It's like, you know what? You just be the plus. <laughs> Just be the plus. That's it. It's a catch up. I think that the letter people, they, we should bring back the letter people. <laughs> but just like pride, pride it out. Just like everybody has a different. Bring back the letter people because at this point in time. That's what it is. We're reaching full alphabet status. We here. are. <laughs> we are. It's so, coming. So my last soda goes to Raven Simone because I love her. Because why not? You why know, not? and it's funny because I, my last soda, and I, we don't, sh- we don't share our last sodas usually. Um, so we never know what's gonna happen. But oh, and before you say it, a lot of people always say that that's so, that Raven. Oh, what did she do after Cosby Show? I think a lot of people forget that she was on Mr. Cooper for like seven seasons. Yeah, and then she did the That's So Raven and the Cheetah which, Girls, which That's So Raven, if you recall, was the first Disney show to reach hundred episodes, right? Because of the success. Yep, she did the Cheetah Girls. She did uh, then Raven's Home. She did The View. She hasn't done Dancing with the Stars. She did Sister Act on Broadway. Well, there we go. She did Sister Act on Broadway. She was uh, the Whoopi Goldberg role. So there we go. Yeah. So um, so my last soda, actually, it's funny, you you, you know, you gave yours to Raven because it's Pride Month, LGBT. My last soda is actually going to a new show on Hulu called Love, Victor. I thought you were going to say that's so Raven. I'm no, sorry. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that trailblazing LGBT show, that's so Raven. Um, no, it's uh, a show called Love, Victor. And it is... Based off of a movie that came out a couple years ago called Love, Simon. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes. And I saw it. I saw it. I loved it. But at the time, I remember there was a lot of criticisms leveraged toward the movie in the sense of that a lot of people's main complaint was that it felt too sanitized in terms of his journey of self-discovery as a gay, as a gay teenager, you know, it's like everybody just seemed to be accepting and it was okay. And so it was like, you know, all his fears weren't founded and he found love on a carousel and they kissed and the whole school cheered. But maybe that's somebody's reality. But, but what I will say is, but that's why I loved it because I, as you know, as much as we understand that everybody's journey is different and you know, it's not always peaches and cream. You know what? I'm just tired of seeing the damn, you know, like the teenager gets kicked out of the house and then he becomes a drug addict under a bridge and he finds the person who becomes his mentor. And then eventually the mentor dies of AIDS. You know, like I'm just I'm tired of that story. You know what I mean? Like I want a freaking rom-com story, too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that that's full equality. Right. Well, this story, um, this show is based in that same universe and it actually focuses on Victor Salazar. I did not know going in that they were a Latino family. They're a Puerto Rican family. Um, actually, the mother is Ana Ortiz from a, the the sister from Ugly Betty. She was on Devious Maids. She's done a lot of things. And, you know, what I've loved so far, I've only seen two episodes, is that it's it's showing a lot of nuances within the family. Like, the family is Catholic. 
so he feels certain you know like right. like he has these feelings but it's a catholic family you know what's going to happen and then they're hispanic so they show like one uh one scene where they're at church and you know the the parents the mother's talking to some guy who like you know looks very gay you know presenting or what have you and then they sit down and the father's like you know oh i don't know are you sure your sister i mean he looks a little flojito and he does like you know the limp wrist thing so you know it's showing a different reality that obviously will affect his decision and on top of that what we are at least at this point being shown is that while he does have a crush on this one gay guy in the school he may also be having feelings toward a girl that he met so you know, it's not. It's also not going to necessarily be like the clean cut, like the right. gay coming out. It might be bisexual. It might, you know. Again, it's 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 the shades of of the story. And so you know, here we are. We're a Hispanic <laughs> fronted podcast. It's Pride Month, so I wanted to give it to Love Victor on Hulu because it's taking something that we may have seen before, but it's it's creating a nuance mm-hmm. that we may not have seen. Well, but I also think that <clears throat> as it's more and more generally accepted and i forget the number now but like the overwhelmingly overwhelmingly a number of americans you know accept um a you know accept gay marriage and all that um yeah, yeah it's what you said i don't think all the stories have to be like of struggle, right? Right. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot. Of, there, I, there's a place for that. Clearly, there's something to be said about equality, allowing the opportunity to have a. You know, fluffy fantasy right, version. I'm sure there's people out there who are gay who come out and it's they're, fine. They're totally fine with their family. It's totally fine with their friends. They fall in love it's totally and fine in the workforce. You know, yeah. They find somebody <laughs> and, they and they're happily ever after. And, and they, they go to Pottery Barn. And, right. You know, and, and, and they have dogs. I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, you know. Not everybody, you know, especially nowadays, not right. everybody has to go through the, the doom and gloom. Right. Like, I think it would be dangerous if you didn't show the doom and gloom. Right. But, but I mean, for so long, that was the right. only story and, we and got. And that's going to be continued to be shown. But yeah, no, that's totally awesome. Actually, one last little thing before we go, now that you said show. Um, I'm sure you probably heard Beauty... um, Baker and the Beauty. Baker and the Beauty was canceled. But there is a petition to bring it back. And it's being shopped to other networks. Ooh, maybe it'll go on pop. So with one day at a so time. So let's find that information so we could put it on our yes, Instagram. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Because, because I think it's it actually, so important. It actually has a very loyal fan base. Well, I think it, you know what 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 frightens me about things like this is if this is specifically with ABC, and I'm not I'm not in the habit of blaming the network because obviously it's a business and you have to go with where the money and the advertisers are, right? But this will be the second Latino centric show. In uh, in as many years that aired, oh, you know, over off season, shall we say, that did not have the numbers and got canceled. Uh, last season we had Grand Hotel, which was produced by Eva Longoria, and it starred um, uh, Rosalind Sanchez. Uh, I think Ricardo. Uh, couldn't you make that? Couldn't you also add in their telenovela? But that was a while back. I'm just right. saying, like, oh, you right. know, what what I what I fear that happens, and I say this as somebody who's worked in multicultural advertising, is when you have these these types of productions that are trying to make an appeal to the broader population, obviously, but do have that nuance, you know what I mean? Like, that's why we gravitated towards it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's us. It's our story. It's mm-hmm. a very specific tale. Mm-hmm. What I always fear happening is what I would see many times happening in the advertising industry, which is company A would come in, 
And we would, you know, they had their campaign, the multicultural team, which would be myself and the rest of the people, would come and say, hey, why aren't you doing Hispanic advertising? And inevitably the stock statement would be, oh, we did that before and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So they don't do it ever again. But then when you scratch the surface and you're like, well, okay, but what did you do? Well, you know, for like a month, we had a couple of spots run on Univision. And since nobody came into our store, like we just stopped doing it. And it's like, okay, I have many reasons why your approach was horrible. But if your product, you know, is struggling with the general market population, you don't pull the money. Mm-hmm. Al contrario, many companies will double down. But when it comes to multicultural advertising, this is my, my personal soapbox that I'm getting on right now. When it comes to multicultural advertising, whether it be Hispanic, Asian, black, etc., many companies don't want to look at the nuances that go into speaking, not reaching, speaking those consumers, that target demographic. And they think that just by checking the box for BET and checking the box for Univision, that's it. Did my part. Look at me. I'm a multicultural right. person now. Right. Which is what we were talking about with uh, Jack and, with Jack and, and Mike. Mike about executives that, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, time and time again, you know, stories of whether it's, you know, uh, you know, uh, stories of, of, of uh, black stories or Hispanic stories, yeah. Latino stories, whatever. They've time and time again shown to be successful and critically acclaimed. But those are one offs. So, so, so no, no, no. In, in the minds of those executives, it's yeah. you know. Oh, so well, Black Panther was successful because it was just lucky. It that's was, the exception to the rule. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wonder Woman blue blockbusters. Well, but that's because it was Wonder Woman, not because people will go see a well done action movie fronted by a woman. Right. It's it's those little like you know oh crazy rich Asians oh but you know that was the one time right. It's not no. It was the one time because it was done right. Yeah, it was good. I really liked um, Beauty Baker and the Beauty. Baker and the I want to call it Beauty and the Beast. Baker <laughs> and the Beauty. Um, I loved it. I I, Same. I Same. saw a bunch of the episodes, and you know, I saw the whole season. Obviously, network television. You know, they could only. We get it. We get it. It's not going to be like, you know, something on AMC or, or I'm sorry, on on HBO or... No, but even AMC. I mean, you were right. I mean, cable tends to be a little more leeway. Look but, at Pose on FX. Right. Right. So, I, I don't know. I was, I was very disappointed by it because I thought that that show... Because I always think, okay, if you are a white guy in the middle of Nebraska, would you find this show funny? And I thought that you it would. It was cute. Yeah. Would. I mean, obviously, there's things that are going to fly over. Fine. And that's fine. You know, but I think overall, and then, you know, like, the girl was, you know, she was, well, she's really Australian, right? Well, she's not really Australian. Her parents, and I think she was born in Peru. One of her, one of her parents is Peruvian, and I forget where the other one is from. She was raised in Australia, but she is from Latin America. Right. So even that, you had, like, the pretty blonde white girl in it. Right, right. You know, so I was like, okay, this is kind of. Different people could watch this show and like it, but apparently, I don't know what happened. But yeah, I mean, it's also a weird time right now with Corona and all of the ratings and yeah. the upfronts. All, all bets that. are off. Yeah, so I mean, you could even make the argument that maybe you know, had there not been the quarantine, the marketing push could have been different. You know what I mean? They would have had access to do something as simple as, quite honestly, a press tour. Right. You know, have everybody show up in Miami and LA. In Houston, you know what I mean, and and, and have the Beyond the Pinta America, be, you know ba- what I mean. Baker, uh, Beauty and the Baker, sponsored by Porto's Bakery and Vicky Bakery and Vicky Baker because coast to coast. <laughs> but that could have been it. You know what I mean. You could have had a junket and had the junket be at a Vicky Bakery, had the junket be at a Porto's Bakery. You know what I mean. 
those are opportunities that unfortunately they just couldn't execute. Right. Which may have would it have helped? La I don't corona, know. La corona, la corona, la corona, jodió todo. todo. It jodió Baker and the Beauty. Jodió, jodió. you know, people dying. Concerts, concerts, tours, pride marches, pride march, like everything. Uh, you know, whatever. Oh, corona. Anyway, I want to Let's not forget the killer hornets. I'm telling you, it's June. I still think aliens are coming. The aliens from They're on their way. are coming before the year ends at the rate we're going. I just really hope that they don't come by my birthday. But who knows? Maybe for your birthday, there's a spike in coronavirus. We're going to be... I'm saying right now, I don't want one of those drive-by birthday things. I know. Your apartment building, that's going to be so hard. No, I don't want to stand outside like some type of weird motorcade. No. <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we hope you grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. Yep. <laughs> and thank you for joining us for episode 115. Uh, no, we 114. Were, 114. We were all, oh, quinceañeras. That's next the next episode. one, yeah. Uh, we were all, we started with Talia. You know, we spoke some controversial mm. stuff. But uh, we hope you enjoyed and have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. And thank you so much, as always. Yep. Cuídense, mi gente. Bye. Better Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismael Llano, produced by Ismael Llano, and our theme, Better Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lombaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.